0: The Catch-Up with Bronte and Sam. Initiating launch sequence.
1: Arguably the biggest week of the year, Bronte. It is National Science Week from this Saturday, August fifteenth until the 23rd. And if you want any more information, get on the website because there's so many virtual things to do, scienceweek.net.au. And that includes something called the Sydney Science Trail. Mm. Now, that's available at sydneysciencetrail.net.au. If you're a big kid, a little kid, no matter what you are, you want to get involved in this because it's extremely exciting stuff. And we've got someone extremely exciting to tell us a (gasps) bit more about it. It's astrobiologist at UNSW, Bonnie T. Good morning, Bonnie.
0: Good morning. How are you? We are well. Thank you for joining us. Firstly, (laughs) astrobiologist. Very fancy. What does that entail?
2: So, an astrobiologist is basically just a really, really fancy way of saying that I look at life. I look at Ah. how life might have started on Earth or evolved, and I look at where else life might be in the universe. (sighs) Amazing. We
1: might come to that a bit later because You've actually been Mm -hmm. studying uh, life on Mars, but to do with National Science Week first, what is is the importance of a week like this? What are we getting out of it? Obviously, it's all kind of virtual Mm. and online this time, but what is the importance of it? I
2: think. Uh, with the ongoing pandemic, it's very uh, prevalent and it makes a lot of sense that we need to know what's going on with science. We mm-hmm. need to understand science so that we as a community can support our scientists in you know, making the best decisions for us. And mm-hmm. we see this with climate change as well. And especially this year with the virtual nature of Science Week, we can actually bring so much more to people. I've been involved with a project called Practical, where mm-hmm. we're making virtual hand- hands-on work workshops for people where they can actually get their hands on real data and do what real scientists do to investigate the kinds of questions that keep us up every night. Yeah.
0: And especially, like you said, this year, we are turning to science a lot more, especially with the bushfires and seeing the effect of climate change. And now with COVID-19, we are turning to science to kind of give us those answers. And this is something that everyone can enjoy, right?
2: Yeah, exactly. A lot of the Science Week events are designed for people that aren't scientists mm-hmm. because we want to get everybody involved and excited about science. Awesome. Every single day people use uh, scientific advent- invention, mm-hmm. and science is all around us. So getting people engaged and excited is really, I think, the way to bring science to the next generation.
1: And what excites us is that this is all free.
2: Yes. It's all yes.
1: virtual. It's all family-focused, which is amazing stuff. And the Sydney Science Trail, that's all a part of this National Science Week, but that's a, that's going for a whole month. You can access Sydney Science Trail. Wow. What's your involvement with that, and, and what can we see on that website?
2: Yes, uh, I've been working with the Sydney Observatory and Powerhouse Museum to talk a little bit about Mars, our exploration of Mars and how important Australia is in that exploration of Mars. Um, So the Sydney Science Trail will have a series of uh, virtual fun events available online if you just head to the Sydney Science Trail website Mm -hmm. for everybody to get involved.
1: Sensational stuff.
0: We are with Bonnie Teese, an astrobiologist at UNSW for National Science Week. We will be back with Bonnie to discuss life on Mars, we are with Bonnie Teese, an astrobiologist at UNSW, celebrating National Science Week. It kicks off officially tomorrow, August 15.
1: You mentioned life on Mars, and um, we know some astrobiologists are uh, working towards that. They've put something on Mars already. Are you happen to be a part of those astrobiologists group?
2: Um, So I have been affiliated with some of uh, this work, but I'm not officially um, uh, employed by NASA or anything like that. So I'm at UNSW Mm. at the Australian Centre for Astrobiology, and I had the privilege of um, attending a landing site workshop, which is basically where all the scientists who work on these areas of Mars go to a conference hall and they talk about where the rover should go. And we all talk about pros and cons for going to different places on Mm Mars, because we only have one place to go. And then we, at the end of the conference, give NASA a summary of where we think the rovers should go. So I was actually there with everybody at NASA when they decided that the rover should go to Jezero Crater, which is where Perseverance is currently heading.
0: I want to get nerdy here for a moment because (laughs) I find this stuff fascinating. Why nerdy? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) What's the size comparison between Mars and Earth? How long does it take that rover to get where he or she's going?
2: Yeah, so one of the reasons that so many missions just launched to Mars in the past few weeks is that Mars and Earth are only this close Together once every two years. If they miss this launch window, they have to wait another two years. Okay. um, Leave for Mars. Otherwise, it becomes too expensive and it takes far too long because of all the fuel. Mm-hmm. So at the moment, this is the best time for rovers to leave and it will still take seven months before that rover reaches Mars to land. Whoa. That's incredible.
1: Um, obviously astrobiologists, as you mentioned, it's about studying life. Are we any closer to getting finding life yeah. outside Earth?
2: Well, every time we go back to Mars, we go armed with the, the knowledge that we've gotten before. Mm-hmm. And that's what science is. It's about building up that knowledge mm-hmm and refining and refining until you get closer to the truth. And so every time we go, we know more about the red planet than we ever knew before, Mm -hmm. and we increase our chances of finding life because we really narrow down those spots which are most likely to contain life.
0: One more question, Bonnie. Are aliens real?
2: (laughs) I think that we would be... I think it would be very strange if the universe was so big and there are so many planets that are in habitable zones for us to be the only life form. There you go. Amen. You heard it here
1: first. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I I can't wait. Hopefully, in our lifetime, we discover something. Hey, Bonnie, how good are you with your planets and the order from the sun? Because Bronte's pretty chuffed about. That's her party trick. Do you know the order? uh, Do you know the order?
2: Let's see what Bronte can okay, do. Okay, okay, Bonnie. I, you really put
0: me under the I have. Pump, I didn't didn't okay. want to give you any warning. Mercury, Venus, yes. Earth, Mars. This is where it gets a bit complicated. Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus.
1: Don't look at me when you say that.
0: Um, Neptune and old mate Pluto, who's no longer
1: part of our system. <laughs> how, how do we go, Bonnie?
2: I think that sounded good to me, but I don't go past Mars normally.
1: I love that. I don't go past Mars. Check it all out online. Head to sydneysciencetrail.net.au. That'll be up for a month. Some amazing virtual uh, experiences, all for National Science Week. Any more information on National Science Week, which kicks off tomorrow, head to scienceweek.net.au. But a big thanks to astrobiologist at UNSW, Bonnie Tees, for joining us this morning. Enjoy the week. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. The catch-up with Bronte and Sam, preparing for landing. Once
2: more? Head to Hit Riverina on Facebook or Instagram. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Bronte
0: and Sam on the Riverinas Hit 93.1.